Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, April the 26th in 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B of the Revised Common Lectionary and this is the start of the fifth Sunday of Easter. So we're going to start it this week. And on Mondays, we typically look at the Old Testament passage for the week here on When I Rise. But since there is not an Old Testament passage in this season of Easter, we're going to be back in the book of Acts as we've been doing the past several weeks. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. So let me read that passage for about a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our day praying along its theme. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? The Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotos and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is the word of God for us. We talk about this on occasion here on When I Rise. One of the things that religion unfortunately does for some people is it gives them boundaries, right? Like it puts in boundaries, um, if you're dedicated enough, can turn into walls. And walls lead to separation. And separation leads to draining somebody's humanity who doesn't exist inside your walls. They become an object and they become uh, something that you study or have opinions and comments about, something that you have hot takes about, right? And so... Religion can do that. It can reinforce those dividing walls of hostility that we find in our world. But really, a true religion helps to erode those walls and to have us to think again about the people that are around us. And we see that working in Acts chapter 8. So in Acts chapter 8, Philip, who is an evangelist, he has just been to uh, to uh, Samaria to help start the work of the gospel there, uh, he goes down to a different place and uh, the Lord leads him to this desert road. It's desolate. It's away from all the things that he was just doing. And he encounters a man on a chariot. We later learn that he's a eunuch, uh, which is something that they tended to do to people who worked in service to royalty so that they would not 
take matters into their own hands and become popular. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's probably the vaguest way that we could say that, right? Uh, and so uh, because of that, he, this guy lacked uh, an identification in their culture. Uh, it wasn't uncommon for a eunuch to maybe dress in more feminine attire than masculine attire because there was no reason to you know put the vibe out there like you're going to be you know matched with somebody to start a family Uh, but we know from the old testament period that eunuchs were not allowed according to the law of moses that eunuchs were not allowed in the worship center uh, or the vicinity of the altar because they were considered unclean or not pure now we fast forward a little bit and we go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah, as he is envisioning a great future for all of creation, begins to talk about some things that are quite exotic uh, to those who is first writing to. And one of those things was that even eunuchs would be able to participate in the presence of the Lord, right? Even participate in the activity of worship before God in the days to come when God renews all things. And so this guy, this eunuch, has just been to Jerusalem. He's just been worshiping, uh, perhaps because of some of the things that have been happening through the, through the early church in those first few narratives that we find in the book of Acts. He, his interest is peaked. Like he's, got, he's been spiritually primed. He's just been to a conference, and he's got a stack of books, and he's thinking about all the talks that he just heard right during the festival. And he's meditating on this passage in Isaiah. And I think that's a little bit of a hat tip to this passage that they want us to consider about eunuchs and worship and the fresh new days that are ahead of us. And so when Philip converts him, we should um, uh, be we should be given a startling realization that when it comes to his conversion, when he asks the question, what stands in the way for me being baptized? Um, Old Testament people at the time, people, people who are steeped in the Old Testament, they would say, well, a lot, because according to the law of Moses, um, you don't qualify to be among the worshiping people of God. And maybe even some church people today, if uh, this thing happened in the 21st century, there would be some people who would say, what stands in the way of you being baptized at our church is because you're not from here. Like you're going to your home in Ethiopia. You're not going to belong to this local congregation because some churches, uh, they only want you to be baptized if you want to make a confession of faith in that church and if you want to remain a member in that church. And so when the eunuch says, like, what prevents me from being baptized? You know, all the religious impulses that we have should say, well, a lot of things actually. It's not that quite easy for you to just like get out and get baptized in some random body of water here. But Philip embraces this man's faith. He embraces uh, the interesting uh, contours of his identity. Uh, the fact that he's an outsider, uh, according to the law of Moses, that he's an outsider even among the Holy Land. He's not even from Palestine. But Philip recognizes the work of the Spirit and he seeks Uh, to have this man baptized. And I think that's a lesson for us. This is the fly in the ointment of those of us who want to try to predict everything and keep it a nice, neat system and keep all the blocks in place. The life of ministry is not like that. The life of ministry is so varied. It has the necessity for nuance. We do have to hold things in some paradox. We have to hold things into tension. And so Philip sets a model here of what it means to do ministry in a context like ours. People are discovering Jesus not in traditional forms and in traditional ways on the calendar. People are are discovering Jesus online. People are discovering Jesus through 
things that are like maybe mediocre Christian sources or maybe even just like plain spiritual sources that aren't uniquely Christian. People, their interest is piqued. And so we have to just like fill up. We have to say, okay, like what is the Spirit doing here? And how shall we be faithful in this moment? But we can only get to where Philip is if we allow ourselves to be carried away a little bit. I mean, notice the journey of Philip. He is in a vibrant ministry center in Samaria where people are coming to the Lord every day and there's a fresh move of God's Spirit. God takes him out into the wilderness to the desert road. Then after this experience, God lifts him again to a place called Asatos and he began preaching the gospel in all the towns, going back to the major city of Caesarea. And so, I mean, Philip finds himself out of bounds. I mean, he could have easily said, God, have somebody else do this. Like, I, I, I had great ministry going on in Samaria. I'll go somewhere else. But Philip found himself like in the highways and byways, cracking open holiness for people who are interested. And I pray that that's our prayer, that we would not get so stuck in what we expect, that we miss uh, the unique things that pop up among us and miss the move of God that's happening right before us. So it takes patience, it takes awareness, and it takes an openness. And so I want to pray for those things this morning as we turn our attention and face our day with a time of prayer. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you that with you there is forgiveness and mercy and kindness. I thank you that you're the God who was a missionary and you transposed over a boundary between human and divine. You took on flesh and you lived your life among us. And we thank you that you achieved redemption and you sit at the Father's right hand and you continue to intercede for the ones whom you love and you intercede for the hope that you have for the world. God, we thank you that you've placed us in this world and in some ways we're quite prepared. We've worshiped and we've prayed and we've studied and we've uh, had other experiences that have prepared us for this moment to uh, to be that kind, hospitable, considerate presence of Jesus in the world around us. But God, in some other ways, we're not quite prepared. We, the world, we feel like the world is changing so fast. Uh, perhaps we don't have the lived-in support system that we've had in other areas of our life. And so in some ways, we think about journeying out into your world and we find that it's a little decentering. It must have been what Philip felt when he was taken from a place that he was familiar with to a place out in the wilderness in the desert. But we thank you that you still led him towards great and faithful work. And so God, I pray that you lead us towards great and faithful work. And I pray that you'd allow us to be open, uh, to be patient, to be attentive, to be watchful, so that we can see what you're up to in the world around us, particularly in the lives of those around us. So help us, God, because we have our blinders on, we have our preferences, we do miss the mark. But I thank you that you continue to change and transform us so change us once more so that we're open to see what you're doing in front of us today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.